Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of MTG Rants. I'm Tannen Grace, and that's Ross Merriam, and uh, I, I guess we're back. You know, we uh, our, our mod stepped in for a little bit of absence. Ross was traveling. Um, I actually got kind of busy, was, you know, doing a few other things, and we had a small COVID scare in the family. In fact, uh, my wife and dog just walked in the front door of my house about 30 minutes before we were recording this for the first time in over a week. So I've actually just been alone wow. for the holidays for this time. Yeah, she was over at her parents' house. Uh, she like brought the dog over because anyone who's listened to me talk about my dog, Natalie's parents are like her favorite people in the world. And uh, this is like right before Christmas. So let's give people the date and time. It's uh, For me, it's 2 p.m. So it's 3 p.m. on the 30th. For everybody, if you like, kind of want to get a gauge of the the days here, because uh, you know, I don't I don't know how fast Brent's gonna get this out. It's the holidays, you know, etc. So, uh, yeah, she just got over to her parents' house and she's like, "Hey, like, I don't feel super great. I have like a cold or something." And it got like worse the next day and like worse the next day. And she took a test like right away and got a negative. But like, as a lot of people know, you can get like a negative pretty early on and then get a positive a few days later. So she had to wait you know, a couple days, take it on the test, wait a few more days for the results. Cause you know, sometimes it takes up to 48 hours and, uh, she got her third negative today or whatever. So she's like, all right, I'm coming home. And I was like, yes, please bring my dog over. I want to see my dog. <laughs> I literally was messaging her. I was like, I'm dying without. Benny. Yeah. I messaged her. I was like, Hey, do you need clothes or anything? And does Benny need to take a walk? And she's like, no, Benny's getting a lot of playtime here. I'm like, look, the walks are for me too. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like I, I wanted, I want to do this too. I miss my walk. Yeah, I just miss my dog. You know, and like it's it's funny. Like the dogs act like you know. It's it, I'm assuming you get a similar thing when you see Jelly Bean. They're just like, hey, it's you. You're like you know, they get excited, but they're like, ah, hey, nothing happened. You know, kind of thing. Yeah. After the first five minutes, where it's just kind of back to normal. Yeah, it's like it's like, oh my god, I missed you. Okay, now just feed me and give me pets and, and pet yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> Speak. Yep. Speak of that. How's the holidays at home? It was nice. Um, you know. I, I guess I, I went home in the summer for my mom's birthday, and that was the first time I'd been home, you know, since the, the pandemic really started. So, and uh, d- didn't go home last Christmas for the literal first time in my entire life. Yeah. Um, I remember the first so, time I did that yeah. too. It was really strange. Like, it was when I lived in Vegas and we did Friendsgiving and then, you know, whatever you want to call it for Christmas, we did the same thing. Yeah. Traveling itself was kind of stressful. Um, just, you know, definitely knew I was taking a bit of a risk, and uh, but. Um, you know, everything went fine, it appears. So, yeah, just had, you know, no, nothing, you know, out of the ordinary happened at all. It was just a normal, you know, family Christmas, but that's what I needed. So absolutely, that was nice to have. Yeah, it's, it's, it, when you when you talked to me the other day about it, you just sounded like a lot more, um, I think the word I'm, I want to use is like centered. You just sounded like more relaxed, you know, like you're like, Calm. yeah, you're like, I needed this. I needed some like normalcy in my life. Like something that like, you're like, yeah, you know, it kind of makes you forget about, the climate of what's going on yeah around just us get to ignore the world for a few yeah days. and it's been that's kind of what i've been doing for the last week like i have like i'll say this whenever something like this happens uh it messes my sleep schedule up really bad for some reason i think i just revert to old tannin you know that used to be like a, a crazy person yeah no i'm i'm the same i definitely stayed up way too late all the last mm-hmm. week and now i've got to adjust again and it's yeah and like stuck in- uh you know with with what's going on with uh you know i'm not working a ton right now there's not a lot to do i've been kind of careful and safe i've been uh digesting a lot of like entertainment lately so like catching up on tv shows movies books and stuff like that and a bunch of like decent uh television came out in, like the last week or two so like i've been staying up to like three or four in the morning binge watching stuff and trying not to you know sleep all day so i've been like setting alarms and stuff what do you what's going on what's the look for 
we were we were supposed to get Cobra Kai this December. Yeah, right? it, I, I think it comes out today. Netflix I think it comes out today. It's the f- oh the yes. fourth season of River. Yeah. Oh baby, I actually watched the first oh. two episodes the other day. We'll see. And? We'll see. I, obviously, it's fine. Like, I don't think it's bad or anything. I think it's fine. Oh yeah, it's here. It's one of that's one of the shows, and I have a problem with a few of them where um <clears throat> they give me anxiety when I watch them. Like something about them makes me uneasy watching them. Like like I'm one of those people I can't watch The Office or Parks and Rec. You ever heard me talk about this? It's so awkward. It's like, yeah, and I don't know how to exactly put a, a finger on it. Maybe it's just because like specific characters and like the the storylines that are. But like, I'm just like, I I can see that this is funny. I get it. Like, I I like when people show me the little clips of them like you know pranking each other, or whatever. It's funny, but like when I watch the actual show, it literally makes my skin crawl. Like I I can't sit through it. And it's I am like that with the Office. Yeah. I, I agree with you. It, it's really just Michael Scott. Like yeah. I get I get the shtick, but it just annoys me so much. Yeah. It's it's kind of like me with food. Like you know how I am with food. I'll literally eat anything except for certain textures. You know what I mean? It's like a very specific, like little niche thing, and then yeah. I'm adamantly the against office it. Office is a weird texture. Yeah. So the off exactly that's what I'm trying to say. Office is like the texture yeah. that I just do not like. You know. The office is the Jello of TV there you shows. Go. Fuck Jello. <laughs> I think it's like that thing. That might be the moment we like really really bonded when we realize each other's yeah. mutual hate for Fuck Jello. Jello. Yeah. It's awful. This is an anti-Jello stream for anybody at home who didn't yeah. know that. Maybe have missed this. This is a no uh, Jello podcast. I'm not trying to end the uh, intro bullshit that we normally always do, but just so everybody wants to know what's going to go on in this episode, uh, we're going to kind of like do a little bit of what the guys did for the last episode. If you listen to the modcast, as they called it, I loved that name, the modcast. Um, that is a good name. Yeah, we're going to do a little bit of a year review, but we're not just going to do a year in a review. We're also going to talk about. Uh, What's going to go on in, what, about uh, 40 hours from now? I, I can't do math. Uh, you know, however many hours from now it will be for uh, for for next year for Magic in 2022. Because I will say this. I'll give a little bit of teaser. It's looking a little less bleak than I would have said like a week ago. So Same. I was very surprised. Yeah, so we'll, we'll get into that. That's something to look forward to. That's going to probably be about like middle of the show. So if you're looking, we're going to gonna be optimistic for the first time in our lives. Yeah, ever. No, no, no. Uh, you know me. I always try to color it in a little bit of optimism. I try not to be completely jaded. So that's kind of stuff. But I will say this: um, I kept my diet pretty good over the holidays. Besides one thing, I allowed myself infinite cookies, like actual infinite yeah. cookies. I. <laughs> My mom and my sister just bake cookies basically the entire month of December. Yeah. So there's just a million cookies are all around all the time. And I, you know, every time I walk by, like, the dining room table, there's a plate of cookies there, and I grab a couple. It's rude not to. Like. (laughs) Yeah. And at one point, I was, you know, like, a third of the way through the plate. My mom was like, who's eating all the cookies? I was like, Dad, he's just, he's insatiable. The guy just keeps mowing through (laughs) them. My dad's just sitting on the couch, just like, "Why are you throwing me under the bus here?" <laughs> Jelly Bean got I threw a few him of them straight under the yeah, bus. Yeah. <laughs> it was all me. I ate a ridiculous amount of the cookies. bus dilemma of Ross Merriam. Just throw Dad right underneath. It. I know it's not. Yeah, I know it's not the same right thing, but it. you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, did you get any good gifts? I know it's not you know the, the literal reason for the season, but did you get anything really cool? Any cool gifts for uh, Christmas or anything? I. I got a Rudy Gobert jersey that I almost yes. ordered myself three yeah. weeks ago. So, but they were out. On that they note, were sold out of them. Well, they got the last one. There you go. It worked out yeah. well. I have a rule with like significant others or whatever during the holidays. I'm like, you're not allowed to buy yourself something unless you tell me. Because I've actually had that happen where someone's like, I, like you know, yeah. a girl that I dated a long time ago. She's like, oh, I really want this thing. I really want this thing. And I bought it in like October or something. Like had it like, you know, whatever. 
And I remember she like came home one day, like middle of December, and she's like, "Yeah, I finally just bought it for myself, or whatever." And I just like looked at her, and she's like, "What?" And I just walked out the room, and she's like, "She's like, what's going on?" And I just like walked back and like hand her the, the wrapped present. She's like, "What the hell?" She opens it's the same thing. I'm like, "You could bring yours back now, or whatever." Like, you know, what <laughs> yeah. else do you want for Hope Christmas? A good return policy. Yeah, what else do you want for Christmas? <laughs> like, you know, kind of thing. Um, I didn't do many, too many like gifts with the the family or whatever this year. Uh, I don't I don't want to get into that, but um, I did actually. And this was really cool because I've never had this happen in gaming before. I got some really good gifts from Flesh and Blood. Like, you know, like, the, you, so you mm-hmm. know the company, you know, like, you, for, for people at home, you know, you usually see on Twitter is that the, the stuff that Watsy sends out for people. Yeah, like the, the holiday card they make every yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I got a package in the mail from New Zealand, and it was, you know, from LSS. It's Legend Story Studios, the company that makes Flesh and Blood. And uh, they sent me, you know, this box or whatever, and I opened it up. And it had their their actual physical holiday card. Like they make a, they made a holiday card, kind of like like Magic does. Uh, I won't bother people with what it is, but it's really it was like a they took a card and they made it like holiday themed, and it's like okay. cold foil, like the cool foiling that they do. So it's it's a really cool little thing. Um, it also looks like an ornament. So I saw a lot of people like putting pictures of it like on their tree and stuff like, at home, nice. which is really cool. They sent me a play mat that uh, is really sweet too. It's like all the heroes from the newest set that I'm extremely familiar with and they're all like at a bar like you know che- like they all like have a cup like a, a glass of beer you know like a beer or whatever and they're all like you know cheers and stuff it's yeah, really really cool a mug I don't know if that one's actually like available to the public like they've shown it before like on whatever and like I've told you about this like there's a lot of exclusivity and like some really cool stuff in this game and then there was one other thing in the box that um luckily I was like on a call with Brian Basoko I was opening because he's like hey I want I want to see what's in the box because like we thought like maybe my preview card might be in there. Cause, you know, I've got that coming up too. And there's a last thing in there. And he's like, whatever you do, don't open that. Cause it was sealed. They sent me a book and it's like the lore book for the game. So it's like, you know, all the history and all the yeah. art and stuff. And like, I've gone online and looked at like, you know, people have like, you know, put up some of the book online so you can see it. Cause it's absolutely beautiful. And it's extremely rare too. Like this is actually like, a big time gift like i'm not gonna say the monetary value of it but it's very very large or whatever because nice. they do not sell this item they like only sent it to certain stores at the very beginning of the game you're very special Tim. yeah it made me feel really good and like you know i hadn't it's it's nice to be appreciated i think is is what i was trying to go with there i like being thanked. yeah right you know like <laughs> it was really cool and um they're gonna be making their announcement soon about their organized play for next year so i'm really excited about that hopefully i'm involved <laughs> i would i would assume yeah, yeah. so but let, let's hope that continues and certainly seems like they want to keep you well, around I mean, hopefully <laughs> like i haven't done anything that bad yet so uh, <laughs> i don't know if i told you on every every street at least once every stream like every weekend we were in, in person i felt like we would like push the boundaries at least once you know like just like have a little too much fun maybe for a minute or two but not go <laughs> too far down the rabbit hole yeah you know try not to get in too much trouble but I think it, like, you know, it, it makes it more fun for us, A, and then, like, you know, people at home like that kind of stuff. So, um, it, you know, we haven't really spo- spoken much, especially on the show in the last couple weeks. Anything else going on? Um, no, pretty normal stuff, you know. Just been around with the, the Roanoke people and, um, you know, watching jazz games. Beat Portland last night. Got their two-game road trip without Donovan Mitchell. That was sweet. Now they're up to what, like twenty five and nine. The team is so good. So, speaking of sports, um, for the ones that are actually happening, there's a lot of the bowl games going on right now for college football. 
And have you seen how some of them are eschewing the Gatorade bath and doing whatever <laughs> the, like, sponsor of the... Like, you know, I think one of them was, like, Cheetos or Doritos or something. Like, so they, they had a whole, you know, Gatorade thing of of the of the item. They poured it over the coach. Well, nice. one of the bowl games just finished, and they did it with the guy. And this was the Duke's Mayo Bowl. So it was a giant thing of mayonnaise. So not only does it look – look, I actually like mayonnaise. Not only does it look disgusting to do the coach, but when they turn the thing over, it's like two people doing it who don't look like football players – they kind of slip a little bit, and I'm pretty sure they gave the guy a concussion. Because if you fill up one of those things of mayo, it's not the same consistency as water. It's got some weight to it. Yeah, it's got some heft. Yeah, and so they just smack this dude in the back of the head, and they just cover him in mayo. So he gets, like, he gets it double bad because it looks freaking disgusting. Like, <laughs> yeah, it makes me want to throw up a little bit, actually. I haven't stopped looking at this. But, um, but yeah, so, like... You know the holidays. You know me. I'm I'm trying. I try not to be a Scrooge. I don't really have a big family, so I don't like the holidays as much as most people. But I try to stay in the holiday mood. It's been fun. The food's been great. I don't like New Year's. Christmas is fine. I don't like New Year's. It's kind of a letdown to me most of the time. But it's one of those ones where like, oh, it's gonna be great. We're gonna do this, this, and this. A, you don't do ever do any of that stuff. And then you're out till midnight. I'm old. I'm tired. I want to go home. <laughs> I want to be in bed by ten. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't want to hey, watch the. The New Year will be there tomorrow. Yeah, that's, new Year's is for like eighteen to twenty-two year olds. Like that's that's really yeah. what it's about. Or kids are just like, I get to stay up late. You know, like they get excited about that kind of thing. Me, I'm like, I want to go to bed early. I'm the other way around. New Year's is just St. Patrick's Day without all the green. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really. Okay, I like that. I like that. All right. All right, let's go ahead and just get into the meat and potatoes of the show today. Uh, let's go ahead and start with uh, kind of the year of review here. Uh, so anyone listening to the Modcast, we'll probably go over some of the same stuff that they did. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a vegetarian. I'm, I'm not going to get into the meat of anything. Okay, sure. Um, just want to make that clear. Sure. And interrupt your train of thought. And it's funny you said <laughs> that you interrupt my train of thought. I've actually was trying to think of a, a good, like, faux meat to say instead. Like, the, the jackfruit of today's show. You know, like, one of the things that, like, <laughs> yeah. people use as a substitute. The tofu. The tofu, the tofu of today's show. Like, whatever one of the, like, the main, you yeah. know, the... <laughs> so, anyway, uh, a lot of sets were released this year. You know, that's just going to be the norm from nowadays. You know, yeah. you, you know, gone are the days of three to four sets a year. Now we're getting three to four to five to six sets a year of just standard or alchemy or whatever and then we're also getting supplemental sets and stuff so i think we're gonna kind of like stick to overall like the main sets that came out this year and you know we'll sprinkle in some stuff if it pops up uh to be fair i didn't go back and look at every single thing that happened this year but we'll try to like talk about uh the set itself our overall inclinations we can kind of like go through this relatively quickly and then like what stood out you know that kind of stuff because i gotta say this the quote-unquote standard sets that came out this year definitely left some stuff wanting for the whole year overall, as I say. Yeah, like, like let's not, let's let's talk about that. Particularly, like, yeah. Like nothing really stood out besides the fact that it was just set of sets. Yeah, exactly. So, the first set that came out this year was Call Time. Um, I gotta say this, probably my favorite limited set of the year, and probably maybe the worst or one of the worst constructed sets of the year. I don't think it's the worst. It's not the worst, but it's but up it's there. D- it's down there. Yeah. I, yeah. I think this is going to be a recurring theme this year. I think you saw the Wizards really step away from the fire design uh, this year. The set's not being overly powerful. But when I think of Haldheim overall, like nothing really, you know what I mean? Nothing really comes to mind. I just think of Snow. Uh, I, you know, yeah. I think of uh, Allrun's Epiphany. I think that's like the one thing that really sticks out. 
maybe and Goldsman Dragon. Yeah, and Goldsman Dragon too. Like, there's some commander cards for sure. Yeah. Goldsman Dragon's a big one, even though it's kind of my, my lasting memory of Kaldheim is watching Corey try to record a promo spot after Versus one day, and he just couldn't pronounce Kaldheim correctly. Called him. And called he, him. He would he would pronounce it differently every yep. time, but he was never right. And at one point, he called it Cold Ham. So now I just when I see the set neighbor here, I, I just think Cold Ham. So it's every time. It's like the day after Christmas when you wake up in the morning. What's on the what's to eat? You can get some Cold Ham. Yeah, right. it's Cold Ham. Yeah, there you yeah. go. And that pretty much just defines the set as well. Overall, it's a very <laughs> yeah. fitting name for it. But um, you actually got a, a, a good taste of this again recently. You see, you see what I did there? A good taste of this again recently where they brought it up as like the quick draft format on Arena. Like they do a throwback draft format every now and then. And I forgot how much I really enjoyed this set limited-wise. Um, even though I don't think there was many decks you could draft, quote-unquote, like decks. But one of the main ones you could draft is just, I, I could just take almost the best card in every pack. If you knew to prioritize lands really highly. So, you know, it's a multicolor mid-range pile. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of, like, snow-covered dual lands in the set that came into play tapped, and they were extremely good. And the mana fixing was pretty good because of that and, like, Path to the World Tree is one of my favorite limited cards, like, ever. I just love cards like that. Do you, do you remember exactly <laughs> what that card does? Uh, You get a land. Okay. You Well, you get a land when it ETBs. Yeah, it's, it's one in a green That's enchantment. Like the, it comes into play. Half. You can search for a basic. Two, and then two Wooberg, yep. Sacrifice. Yep. You, like, gain two life, okay. deal two to something, draw two cards. They lose two life, yeah, it's, maybe? It's two, to, two to a player, two to a creature, gain two, What's the green draw part? two, make a two-two bear. Make a two-two. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, okay, uh, four, four to five, that's not too bad. This is one of the ones I really got right when looking at the pre-release, you know, cards. I remember looking at it being like, we'll see how powerful it actually is, but I know that I'm going to draft this card a lot. Like, there's certain <laughs> cards that I'm like, I'm just going to love this more than anybody else, and I just would not pass that card. And so I was definitely right. If, like, you could see, like, what card you took the most in Arena, that's probably my highest-picked card in the set, especially by rarity, you know, with it being an uncommon. So um, overall, I think I give the set, like, mostly a D. <laughs> you know, just not great. And we don't have to have, like, letter grades. This Just overall, I was yeah. maybe, like, a, a, a C. I think, like, a mid-C is probably a better. Yeah, it's so... Un- it was just... Unexciting. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Unexciting. Um, there were some reasonable cards in it, mm-hmm. but nothing, you know, too crazy. I oh. guess Alvin's Epiphany, yeah. you know, is, is pretty good. But, uh, you know, it's not Epiphany itself. It's it's Epiphany and Iteration right. that really put it over the top. So, mm-hmm. you know, just n- not altogether not a super memorable set. Yeah. We'll get to that in just a second, actually, because there was another set that came out right before the one that you were mentioning. And uh, this one actually got some people pretty excited. Uh, that's Time Spiral Remastered. Not a set for you. I know this. This is like... Not a Ross Merriam set. It has, like, no relevance to Constructed, pretty much, besides the fact that there's, you know, reprints in it. Um, the cool thing for me, and that and that I liked a lot out of this, and I'm sure people at home are going to guess what it is, is we got the reprints in Old Border for cards that we didn't have prior. And uh, I was a big fan of this. Like, I still... It's really funny. I'm, I'm, I'm notorious for this. I still have stacks of cards that I've ordered from Time Spot Remastered in the old bordering, and they're still, like... Oh, I took them out of the packaging of the people who sent them to me, like the actual envelopes or bubble mailers, but they're still like in the hard... I haven't even taken them out of the thing that they put them in to ship them to me, even though I bought this card like (laughs) a year ago. You know, like I bought all the pieces of Tron, you know, I bought like I have like my set of thought seizes, you know, things like that. Like the cards I'm like, I'm going to play with this. And then even the ones I know I'm never going to play with, 
you know, like like Gurmag Angler, Dreador Arcanist, you know, cards that I'm like, these are for me. You know, like th- these cards mean something to me. They're they're you know they're they're my thing. So um, overall, like a really cool set wasn't for me to buy like off the shelf kind of thing. Though you do get like a cool lottery ticket out of it. Some of the cards are worth a lot of money. You know, like I I I have a uh, mint foil retro thoughtsies from this set. Do you know how much that card's worth? Oh, probably a couple hundred. Yeah, it's like three hundred dollars or whatever. Yeah, just for that thing. You know, and I'm like, yeah. So there's some cool like, you know, pieces of money in the packs. But overall, you know, this was a cool set. I like supplemental sets a lot. I think I've grown to really like them. Over the last few years, I really like them in Flesh and Blood, so I think they're they're good for what they do in a game like that. One that's a little more established, like Magic, it's a little harder. But overall, like I, I kind of liked the set and like the whole thing. Are you more of a curmudgeon on this one than I am? I mean, honestly, if you had told me that that set wasn't released this year, I would yeah, believe exactly, you. Exactly right. It was very early, <laughs> it was very early, and like let's be real, the last two two and a half years, I I can't discern them. Yeah, they all just meld together into one morass of time. Yeah. And uh, did did they do limited with this? With I, I'm pretty remastered? sure you could. Like there was some limited. Like I think people. I think I saw people drafting it on like MTGO. Yeah. But like I obviously didn't go to a LGS at this time. You know this is a, and stuff. So there was no way that I drafted this. But I remember seeing some people. the The queues didn't fill a ton. Okay. Well, I'm glad that some people got to experience something similar to Time Spiral Limited because original yes. Time Spiral Limited is one of my favorite formats of all time. Oh yeah. Uh, what was it? Even Rift Watcher. Even Rift Watcher. Rift Watcher. That card was like yeah, the vanishing yeah. two three flyer. Yeah, that card was just like format defining. Even though you look at it nowadays, and you're like, really? And I'm like, yeah, this card was very good. <laughs> Errant Ephemeron. Yeah. Turn two, suspend Ephemeron. Let's go. Yeah, that was uh, I think that was probably the card I first like. I played a lot of Time Spiral, the original. And I think that was the card that I first picked. For everybody at home, I think it was like six and a blue, right, to cast it. Yes, yeah, for a four four flyer, so a suspend four yeah. one and a blue. Yeah, suspend four one and a blue. So in turn two, you'd make a 4-4 four, four flyer a couple turns from then. So it was just really, really... It was like... It was like the... the You know, almost every set has that one common. You're like, you have to start off with a common. This is the common you want to start off with. That was the common in the set. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then you got to to Future Sight, and the common that you wanted was Sprout Swarm. <laughs> yeah. See, that, that kind of made the format worse, the existence of Sprout Swarm. Yeah. That was back when I was, like, in and out of Magic. I would, like, come up for one set and be like, yeah, it's great. I'll play this one a lot. I'll play P2Q. And then I would just be like, all right, I'm doing something else for the next few months. Don't play that set. Uh, speaking of not playing sets, then one of the next one is one that you probably didn't play a lot of, and a lot of people didn't play a lot of in person, and that's Strixhaven, School of Mages. Another set that was underwhelming overall, but had some this cool highlights. This would be highlights. my pick for most underpowered set of the so year. So I think it's the most underpowered set of the year, but I think it gave us the best card of the year. Yeah, Expressive Iteration is just so fucking By busted. the way, the one that I had listed as my number one when we did yeah. our top eights, and I'm just so thin and smart. I, I think I had it like three or four on my list, yeah. but I, I I was a little skeptical at a two mana cantrip, just you know because it cost two. But iteration ended up just being so. And I was good. not. I was. I was. Yeah. You 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 jumped it full on full in both feet. Well, the thing is, I, I I it almost fell victim to the same thing you did, where I read it and I was like, yeah, this is fine. This is like a decent two mana cantrip, probably good enough for standard, whatever. And then the more I read it, and the more I looked at it, and I'm just like. I think I remember talking to you about it before the show, and then during the show, I'm like, I don't think people are realizing actually how this card works yet. You know, because, like, you know it is when, like, you see a card, sometimes you read it, and you're like, yeah, that sounds good, and then in practice, it's either worse or better than what you're used to. And I was like, in practice, I think this one's just going to be much, much better. 
Yeah, it's just a draw two so often, and then at that point it becomes a draw two with upside, which we really haven't seen at two mana. Normally it's things like Charter Course and Night's Whisper. This is draw two with a downside, and so, yeah, the card is busted. But the rest of the set is a big pile of stinkers, especially the the learn mechanic fell flat, you know, wasn't good in... Cons- or it's like semi-good in Constructed, really, like divide by zero is just a good card. Yeah. So the mechanic is good. And then um, uh, in... You know, it's. I remember the hyper. Like it seemed like it was going to be good for limited, but it ended up just sort of degenerating. It made the format, format. bad. It, yeah, it made it every just, card mold drifter. Forced everybody to. It do made it. every yeah. card mold drifter, which is like real. That's how my friend put it, and I remember laughing because I was like, "That's correct." And yeah, it made it made it games just draw. Made it, too it made games drag out really, really long, which is like it was cool sometimes because it made the so the come into play uh, tapped dual lands in that set. They were like gates, right? Like, you know, almost every limited set has gates now. They had four mana scry tacked onto them, and it made that way better than it should have been. Because the games go so long, you would make 12 land drops that, like, you could afford to just pay five mana to scry one, it would be good, you know, late in the game. So, didn't love that set. Played too much limited of it, obviously. But overall, like, the set was okay, like you said. Also, this was another set that gave us, like, kind of the lottery ticket and packs I kind of you know i didn't want us to leave the set without mentioning the fact that like we got the you know the japanese alternate art stuff in the set sure. and the was it mystical archive i think was the name of the the little yeah. like different looking cards in the set i loved this actually i probably opened way too many uh really bad ones for myself because open packs I, I like opening packs and stuff like that but you know you had some really cool cards to hit right like some st- old stuff like sorts of plowshares lightning bolt demonic tutor with alternate art was, you know, a two to three hundred dollar card and stuff that you could open out of some of these packs. So like there's at least something for you to do. And I actually thought to myself when I was thinking about this set overall, that if they didn't do that, if they didn't put the mystical archive in the set, I think this might have been the biggest miss they've made in a long time as a set as a whole. Because I you have no reason to open packs other than trying to open an expressive iteration. Might have been the biggest miss even with the Mystical Archive cards. Yeah. So, I mean, the, yeah, definitely would have. There's some okay myth. There's somebody over there that's like, I love old Nawbone and like, you know, just like in my EDH deck and like hating <laughs> the way we're talking about this. But overall, I think the set was a giant miss. Uh, that was really cool. And I think that helped out a lot. Um, but yeah, I think the set is just expressive iteration, the Mystical Archives, and like, that's it. Yeah. Nothing else matters. And kind of to piggyback on the expressive iteration, and we kind of missed on how good it was. I don't think even in even me knew how good and impactful it was going to be until the set after this one came out, because that's the, it's easily the set of the year of what came out. It's the most impactful set we've seen in a long time. That's modern horizons too. And with DRC and Ragavan and Merktide all getting printed in the set, holy heat and holy dude. But I'm I'm saying specifically blue red cards being this good. It made expressive iteration that much better in modern and in legacy. You know, because, like, you know, I, I thought about it. I remember you asking me, like, do you think it's legacy playable? I'm like, well, it's blue and it's a good cantrip, so, like, we'll give it a shot, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Oh, no, I, I have another good card to put in my Volcanic Island deck. Yeah, exactly, right? And speaking of that, we got a million of those out of Modern Rise. I think this is easily the set of the year. It's my oh, favorite yeah. set of the year. It's actually one of my favorite sets of all time, believe it or not. I, I actually really love this set. It's probably my favorite set to crack packs of that I've ever done. I think it's really cool, really well done. I think the average pool you got out of pack per like dollar you spent on any of the packs you done was pretty good overall, besides maybe the draft packs. But like, let's be real, we're buying set boosters and collector boosters because we're all degenerates. 
And um, overall, I think this set was a huge win. And you could say whatever you want negatively about how these cards have impacted formats and been format-defining. That's what they set out to do with the set, yeah. and they nailed it. So I have mixed feelings about it. I agree. It's impressive how how many powerful cards are in the set that none of them have been broken. So that, that part is impressive to me. But for better or worse, it has completely reshaped the modern format. And it sort of takes modern away from, you know, the format that became the most popular in Magic that we, we've known for years. That format basically doesn't exist anymore. It, it is not, you know, you really have to think of modern in terms of a pre-MH2 era and a post-MH2 era. Mm-hmm. Because it, they're so, the metagames are so completely this different. This was your modern rotation. This is how modern rotates now. Yeah. Yeah. That's essentially what it was. Uh, it was an actual rotation. So I feel kind of sad for some of the decks that, you know, essentially rotated out. Yeah. Because they don't have the power to compete in this new world. But it has been really cool to see that, you know, we're six months in and the metagame is still dynamic and people are still figuring things out when it comes to how to best utilize the powerful cards from MH2 and how to, you know, adjust to this new metagame. And I think you put that really well because I think it's awesome to see overall over it's, you know, if it's been six months, I, again, time has no meaning to me anymore. Um, <laughs> I loved seeing spend four floppy dudes, Tannen, <laughs> since modern horizons was released. <laughs> that was actually really funny. But uh, my favorite was, do you remember, I think Grief was the first elemental incarnation that we saw. I think Grief was the first one. Do you remember the reactions when people saw this? They're like, this card's going to get banned. It's going to be definitely the the most overhyped card. So beyond even that, because obviously, you know, it definitely was, but it's good, right? The reaction to A, those, and how wrong we were about, we were pretty much inversely wrong on like almost all of them. <laughs> uh, I don't mean just you and I. I mean just everyone in general. In general, like obviously yeah. at home, you could yeah, have been. Fury right. definitely got overlooked, yeah. and, and grief yeah. got overhyped, and you know all these things, et cetera, et cetera. Like it, it, I loved seeing the progression that we had of oh my god, these are all busted. To maybe we overrated all of them; they're not as good. To these are very, very good, and they're just big part of modern now. And I actually like them overall. Like thinking about it, like I'm not a big fan of free spells. You know, things being cast way ahead of time. You know, Ephemerate seemed to not be as big of a problem as, as some people were thinking it was going to be attached with these cards. But I think overall, they've been a, 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 a positive. I don't want to say, like, you know, a pure positive. But, like, you know, it's been pretty cool to be able to see, like, some of the change. You know, we saw, you know, Blue-White Control get really good because they've got this and the other white removal spell. Uh, you know, Prismatic ending one of the best white cards ever printed and i think you and i were on that right away when we saw that card i was like i I think this might be one of the best white cards ever printed period um with the way that modern and legacy work out right it just kills everything type thing but it allowed them to not play path to exile anymore and they have this kind of like modal card right you know like early in the game it's like you know you could pitch one and like you know protect yourself if you need to otherwise it's just like this insane play later in the game too and then yeah they really just have much better removal on turns one and two. And blue-white decks were kind of missing that, you know, pathing a creature on turn one. Not good. Not something you really yeah. want to do. Um, and your other options were not very good, but with now the Solitude and Prismatic ending, they're so much better on those first couple turns of the game. And the control decks have always been really good at going along. So bolstering their early game has been really important for them. But really, the, the it's just a completely different format, you know? Yeah. 
and like I do like the way that the format kind of self polices itself as well. Like, you know, you have Murktide and DRC being very, very good in the format, but then you have Endurance doing a very good job of holding one of them down and straight up eating the other card. You have, um, you know, Endurance slowing down some of the other decks as well, Grief slowing down some of the combo decks that are coming out of this. Uh, then you have Ragavan and DRC. Everybody's like, oh, that's like all the format's going to be about is these red one drops. And like, well, now you have Fury and you have Solitude as well to hold, hold down uh, these as well. And then you have the 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 blue one subtlety over in the corner sitting by himself with his, dun- with his dunce hat <laughs> yeah. on wait, waiting for moments when people are playing a lot of primeval titans yeah, yeah. and they're like okay my time to shine <laughs> and then even that people are doing that they're still it's still not happening kind of thing you know i i, have, yeah. I will say that i have seen some merfolk pop up from here or there and sometimes you see that card pop into the list but let's be real you know kind of thing so um overall modern Horizons do huge hit just yeah absolutely huge hit i i think the one card i'm most annoyed by actually is fury because I like a modern that has aggressive creature decks, and it, often it doesn't. And with Fury, after you know already having Ren and Six and Plague Engineer and MH1 hurting tribal aggressive decks, and now Fury and all this other good cheap removal, it seems like it's going to be a while before you know we we potentially see a return of humans or other you know just good creature decks. And and Prismatic Ending actually is a big part of this too because it gives decks a reliable answer of Aetheril. You know, Vile Dex, you know, yeah, you only have it half the time or so, maybe a little less, but you knew that when you cast your Vile, it was very likely to live. Now, you know, you're casting it turn one and also hoping they don't have Prismatic Ending. So I would, that's my one, you know, major complaint about MH2, uh, or at least in the metagame that has been birthed by MH2. But the rest of it, I think, is really cool. I think Modern was in a bit of a... a um, Stagnant, uh, maybe? A stag- yeah. yeah, there we go. A period of stagnation with, you know, the prowess and, uh, like, it was like Heliod Company yeah. kind of metagame. But, you know, eventually prowess kind of figured it out and was really taking over. So, I, I at that time, I thought Modern really could use a shot in the arm. I don't know if it needed quite as big of a shot as it got. Yeah. But uh, I think the last six months of Modern has been really cool to follow. It's been mm-hmm. really good for content creation. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm pretty happy with where the format is. Yeah, me too, overall. I think I like... Uh, it's it's hard to say this definitively, but this might be the most impactful set they've printed in a long time, and that's with you know Oko the set coming out only you know the year before. But like I think overall, I think this is a more impactful set card for card. You know, we'll go it'll go down like how impactful this set really was, and they talked about this in the modcast how impactful uh, a rule change earlier in the year made some of this set more impactful too with. Call time having to change the uh, cascade rule with Valky, you know, being as in Tibble's trickery. I for, both I forgot that yeah, Valky Tibble's <laughs> trickery, and then it made you know some cards a little better for Modern Horizons too, as well. You know, Fire Ice, you know, it came back, and while a lot of us overlooked it, like yeah, this was a good card 15 years ago. Now, oh wait, no, this card's pretty good in some of these decks. You know, some cool stuff that's going on there. So overall, just really well done. Big fan. I liked some of the excess things they did in the set too. Uh, I got new sets of all the fetch lands that came out in this set because I love retro framing. As you heard me talk about with Time Spiral, you probably don't care about this kind of stuff, but I like how my cards You're look. Correct, I don't. Yeah, I like how my cards look. <laughs> so I liked the retro framing of some of these cards. Whenever they finally retro frame a Delver Secrets Ross, I know someone at Wizards loves me. All right. <laughs> That's just the fry meme. Shut up and take my money. Shut up and take my money. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and speaking of hits, let's go to another set that I think was a huge swing and a miss. 
uh, the one right of this. That's the Dungeons and Dragons Adventure in the Forgotten Realms set. Um, Forgotten Realms is correct because I forgot this was a damn set this year. It was that forgettable. <laughs> uh, the limited the limited por- portion of it, not very good. The construction portion of it, not very good. This might have been the yeah. worst set of the year. And I'm not trying to be negative overall. I'm just like, honestly, I think this is one of the most forgettable, lackluster sets of the year. And that's saying something with the sets that were released this year. Because I think all of them had that kind of going for them. Yeah, and really the, it comes down to the primary mechanic of the set that the dungeon mechanic falling flat huge mess yeah not even good and limited uh you know it it didn't read well for constructed i remember when we were seeing the cards in previous season but i thought it was going to be a thing in limited that kind of accruing (laughs) marginal uh, you know advantage uh usually ends up being pretty good and it still just wasn't powerful enough everyone i talked to about it and they did limited. It's funny. So you got three different dungeons. I think the it's like the middle dungeon on Arena. I don't remember their names, but uh, it's the whatever the middle dungeon was was picked like ninety nine percent of the time over like all the other ones. So it's like even in that, even in, within the meta game of like that, there was not actual stuff variation going on. It was just yeah, the same no diversity. Yeah, it was just the same dungeon over and over and over again because that was the one that like immediately gave you like some card manipulation and then it, it, some value right after it. So the other ones are like, do this negative thing, do this negative thing, make a 4-4 token, and then everyone can answer with a 4-4 token or whatever, or something like that. You know what I mean? You're like, wait, what? <laughs> like, kind of thing. So uh, not much else to say about this. A lot of dice rolling in the set. I'm really glad I didn't have to play the set in paper. Like, very, very <laughs> glad. Because I would just been super tilted. My, my opponents kept rolling natural 20s, and I roll like a 5, like normal. So um, after that... We can kind of combine these two sets together, the last two sets of the year, and that's the Innistrad sets, Midnight Hunt and Crimson Vow. Um, lukewarm reaction from me. What about you? Yeah, I, I would put it about the same. You know, we we're all sort of hopeful for that standard rotation. Standard really seemed to have the same issues again. Uh, and now, you know, it might just be endemic to the format. So we'll see how things go with Alchemy. But. Yeah, you know, like, you know, they've. This is what the second time we've gone back to Innistrad, right? With Shadows and then this, and both returns to Innistrad have been kind of meh, but the bar is just so high with the original Innistrad. Yeah, it's my favorite set of all time. Yeah, it's probably the best set of all time. It's the best so, limited set. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but also it was really good for constructed, like a lot of powerful cards, nothing super broken. Um, you know, maybe you could say like Snapcaster Mage, but that's iconic. So, um. Yeah, I, I'm a little disappointed with how the tribal aggro decks, uh, you know, played out. Um, I thought we at least got got a tease of one of the decks being really good, and it wasn't even close. Yeah. Uh, so you know that because that's one of the things you really think about and associate with Innistrad. And I thought with two sets we would have enough of the synergies pushed that we might be able to make something work. I think that's been one of the issues with the new, with standard design since they got rid of blocks, is that each set is such a standalone now that you, and especially for uh, aggro decks, there's so much, you know, so many small tribal themes in every set that you don't get a lot of overlap. You know, know, there's one tribe in the set and another tribe in the next one, another tribe in in the set after that, and you don't get to use cards from the other sets when you, you know, go into a tribe. So I thought with two sets, we might have enough to really, you know, make those decks work. We really haven't still. So it's just, you know, monocolored aggro decks against whatever the busted mid-range decks are. And, um, that's kind of been the story of Standard for a while. Yep. So, 
yeah, you know, it again, kind of lukewarm on it. Uh, some of the cards are cool, but uh, definitely still waiting for that set that really holds up the legacy of Innistrad. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the o overall for me, very lukewarm at best. Uh, the limited sets were fine, which was better than the predecessors until earlier of the year. You know what I mean? Like the, the middle of the year was not very great. Considering that we had like kind of been in like almost a golden age overall of limited, like the sets were just good, you know, for a long time. And then I got kind of disappointed, but these, these were fine. Um, it does get my vote for worst product of the year put out with, uh, I think it was called Double Feature. And we mentioned this like kind of in passing in one episode. And I think this is like one of their biggest misses of the year as a, as a product overall. Uh, not a big fan of the money grab part of it. Uh, you know, just another product to be put out alongside set boosters, collector boosters, and even more stuff. It was just like, not only was it a double feature, it was just a double printing pretty much of all the stuff. All of the box yeah. topper stuff was kind of like, I don't want to say dumb, but like redundant, not needed, you know, just excuses for more cool looking cards, which some people really like. That's fine. I just think the pricing of it for what you got, like per pack, it was really bad for the set. So uh, with all of that in mind and like what I think it did and stuff, I think this was like their biggest miss of the year as a product overall. Yeah, uh, I can see that. The, you know, the bar is just so high. So, uh, and then the expectations mm -hmm. that are are up there too so yeah you know as far as set that fell short of expectations the most it makes sense to me speaking of expectations let's talk a little bit about 2022 and uh i gotta say this i'm pretty bullish on 2022 i'm like i got some optimism coming in i'm a little you know we see some we see some other end of the rainbow however you know the clouds are parting a little bit um we've got four sets uh, you know, named for next year coming out. And these are going to be the ones that pretty much the only ones we've gotten kind of like what we know so far, are like mostly like the, the ones that are going to be standard legal. Like this is going to come out on arena. These aren't supplemental sets in any way. We are going to get something like that. Like there's going to be another double masters type set this year. And I'm guaranteeing a Renin six reprint in that set, by the way, guaranteeing it like guarantee. Like, like if you like wanted to, if you wanted to bet with me, I'd have to give you like, like plus 2500 or something ridiculous on the line but um we actually have a new set coming out relatively quickly it's going to be released on february 10th so that's yeah, we're gonna have previews starting next week i think yeah we, we we've got a few cards already we're not going to talk about those because i think that's what we're gonna be doing on next week's show so yeah. and uh this set is kamigawa neon destiny so this is actually something that's been talked about for a while because this is like the one plane they haven't revisited for how long it's been since that plane has been printed and we're finally yeah. going back to kamigawa i think kamigawa was uh 04 and 05 yeah it was my first yeah. really big big for like it's when i first really started getting competitive like it was my first real like limited ptq uh <clears throat> i want it excuse me yeah that's right won, won my first one got my first pro tour you know did you draft the the splice mill deck? Uh, it wasn't mill. I did draft the splice deck though. I can actually tell you the first like four picks of my draft. It was glacial. Were they glacial was, ray? Glacial ray? Glacial ray? Glacial ray? It was glacial ray, ray consuming vortex. Glacial ray blind with anger was still somehow on the pack. Fourth pick. I don't know if you remember that card. I do not. Uh, I didn't draft a lot of Kamigawa for whatever reason. I'm just telling you right now that's a really busted start, and I would just like guarantee that I have yeah. the best deck at the table when that when it starts that way. For anybody who doesn't know how these cards work, I'm not going to go through explaining it. Look them up and then think about it. You can still stack. <laughs> they, they really you can still good. stack damage and stuff back then too. So consuming vortex yeah. was busted. 
and stuff. So just believe me, I'm old. Yeah, and so if I remember right, for the the lore part of this, this is set like I think five thousand years in the future or whatever from Kamigawa, and it's gonna have a real futuristic look to it. Like you're seeing neon ninjas and stuff like that. But they also said they're gonna have some homages to like the old stuff as well, or I think more traditional things. The way they put it, I don't want to say old. Uh, I want to say traditional. So a lot of cool look to that stuff. It looks like they're going to have some collector items of cards having really cool shadings of colors. And I think that's a really cool thing as long as these aren't uh, really high like format-defining cards. I'm okay with that. Don't have seven different printings of a format-defining card, please, because they're going to be expensive as shit. I think it's really cool to keep them as like a collector item, is that kind of thing. But overall, I'm like somewhat excited for this set. I like ninjas. I like ninjutsu. I like all that kind of stuff. Um... If you're looking for something to kind of spec on, though people might have already done it, you could have like maybe gone into uh, Yukuro, I think, or Yukori or whatever, whatever it was, the the Ninja Commander. I, I already have some. You know, there's a yeah. lot of stuff that you could have go into there because your Commander decks. If if you're into ninjas, if you're in that kind of stuff, you're gonna get some upgrades in this set because yeah, there are some cards from like the original sets of this, like uh, or you know, cards have been printed in supplemental sets that harken to Kamigawa. Like you know, they've had commander sets come out with like uh there's like student of uh one of the ninja you know what i mean like little little cards here or there that harken to this set and they're all have been very good and they're extremely expensive if you could find them like i remember the other day i just saw one and i was like oh that'd be cool in this deck and i looked up the price of it it was just like 70 dollars and i was like wait what you know i'm like why why is <laughs> that's less cool <laughs> yeah, that's, that's less cool you know kind of thing so you heard it here. Definitely make sure you uh, check this set out, especially if you like commander stuff. I think it's going to be one of the bigger commander sets of the year. Um, after that one, and this is we don't have dates on this one, but this one just says quarter two. It's going to be Streets of New Caprica, uh, uh, Capanna. I think it's how you almost almost say uh, Caprica because of uh, Battlestar Galactica. But uh, this is an Undercity like uh, mafia, like Chicago mafia right. type thing, like. One of the images we've seen, it's like a demon, but he's got like almost like a suit, you know, like a mobster, like pinstriped suit. So this looks really, really cool. And we're going to get, I think this one's going to kind of have like that cons of Tarkir feel to it. Maybe less dragons, but more like the wedges. And they're going to get the other triumphs out of the set. They're going to finish that. Everybody's speculating. Yeah. They might not have the exact same abilities, but they might be the same car with a different ability on them. They might have cycling or something. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of Triomes. Makes the banner so good for the mid-range decks and so bad for aggro decks. It you know, really uh, creates a pretty big power disparity between those archetypes. But wouldn't be surprised. You know, they're good. People like them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read one line that they wrote about this. They said, The city is built by angels, but now run by the five three-color demon crime families featuring their, one, uh, their own keywords and gameplay style. By the way, I'm, I am uh, hireable for your your talk over audio needs so let me know uh voice acting yeah. is in my futures anyway uh another set's going to be coming out of that and that, that one's in quarter three uh and this one's going to be dominaria united so we're going to back to dominaria uh set that was very popular in the last few years even though it came out with some cards that people didn't really you know we, we had a we had a teferi in that set that wasn't super fun for a lot of people but overall this was like heralded as a very good limited set and I'm I'm excited for sets like this one because it almost feels like you can make a core-ish type set in the middle of the year to kind of help out construct it a little bit. And this I think this is going to be my pick for that. Yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of flexibility with any sort of Dominaria set so they can add things as needed. Because so, you can do whatever you want with this set, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot more flexibility and you don't really need to go 
like super ham into the you know top down design. You know, whenever you're building a new world or you know, kind of like the set, but back to a seldom visited plane, you really got yeah the set before know, use this that to motivate the design. Yeah, the set before this, yeah. we're doing that with you know the crime families, the five wedges. It's yeah. going to be very strict, very rigid, and then this one's like build your own adventure, do whatever hell you want. <laughs> no rules. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but definitely um, probably the set I'm looking forward to most because I like that kind of flexibility Same. and. Um, so, we'll, you know, hopefully it goes well, but, um, I just kind of, I don't know. I, I, at this point, I don't even know what to think. You know, like I, I always think with a bit of standard in mind, but standard is just kind of getting replaced yeah. by alchemy. So standard's pretty dead. Um, we'll see, yeah, we'll see how standard. much it dies this year. You know, we'll talk about that in just a minute, but these new cards and stuff that are coming out, they're going to be cool. And speaking of Dominaria, we're going to stay there for the fourth set of the year. And this is my set to watch. This year, because if there is a set this year that's a little too powerful or has broken stuff in it, I think it's going to be this one right here. And that's the Brothers War. That's going to come out in quarter four of this year. And uh, that's going to be the story of Magic's most famous brothers, Urza and Mishra. And uh, they're returning to settle the score. Is like the So it's like, you know, fight between these two. Originally, when they said the Brothers War, I thought we were getting a second Kamigawa set. With the brother uh, Yamakaza, uh, or, yeah, Yumakaza. Yeah. I, I, I don't remember. How I was going to say the brothers Karamazov. That's, but that's yeah, yeah, guys. exactly. Like, <laughs> I don't want to butcher it too often. I don't want to seem culturally insensitive. So, um, but this is going to be you know seen through the lens of Dominaria, but it's going to have a conflict. The conflicts and escalate with artifacts, giant mechs, and beyond. So, any sets that are usually um, artifact-based sets, there's. There, there, yeah. there, there's been one recurring theme with these in the history of magic. So I'm going to say this. I actually hope that we have that problem again because it means they tried really hard and they did something really good. Hopefully they, there isn't a huge problem, but I'm, I'm just hoping for a cool, powerful set, like something sweet that happens because I do think these three sets that we just went over ahead of time are going to be really cool. I just think there's a chance they're going to be more on the white bread side. If you get what I'm trying to say, there's a chance they're going to be a little more boring. Yeah, I I would say, uh, you know, with with Streets of New Capenna probably having really good mana fixing because of being a multicolored set, that one has a chance to be pretty powerful. But I would be surprised if the Brothers War is not the most powerful set because artifact sets, like you said, are just it's so easy to push them a little bit too far and have a card that, that needs to get it's, banned. There, that, there's been bans after every artifact set. Yeah, it's going to be like the Ikoria of this set, right? Where, like, your mana's going to be really good. It's going to have a mid-range card or three printed in it that just, like, you build everything around. You know, like, hopefully we don't have an Omnath in here, but you get what I'm saying. Something along those lines. You're like, yeah. oh, this card looks really hard to cast. You're like, it's really not. Like, our mana's, mana's great, <laughs> you know? And, but maybe the two could have you know help balance each other where you know you have pretty powerful payoffs or going multicolor but now with all the artifacts from brothers mm-hmm. war you have payoffs for staying one color maybe some good utility lands for those kinds of decks mm-hmm. so ho- hopefully the two balance each other well because they they pull you in competing directions and so if they're balanced then you we have an interesting format so i, I would say you got to look at those two for the year and hopefully one of them isn't dominant over the other. I 100% agree. I think you made a really good point there. And those are the two last sets of the year, you know, quarter three and quarter four. So uh, we'll revisit this a year from now and see, and see how we did. Um, so you may, you may hear some, some optimism in our voice when we're talking about that, but that's not the thing that we're like the most optimistic, I think kind of buried the lead here earlier yeah. in the show, but 
if you lived under a rock over the last couple of days, uh, I was very surprised in some Same. ways, in some ways by this announcement and you not having inside information as well, or at least you keep saying that, uh, you were, you were surprised as well. I, I found out when everyone yeah. else did. So, uh, Star City Games has announced not a tour for 2022 because, you know, you've heard my opinion on this. I don't think we're getting one for a long time. I, I just don't think that's happening. I think Wizards and everybody's going to take a giant step back from this. They've announced that they're going to have uh, a 2022 expansion of conventions. And they said they're going to do it in more than 10 cities in 2022. And the way that we've seen it so far, we've seen three, and we've seen the dates on them. It looks like we're going to have about, about one a month. About one a month, depending on how it works. And uh, I'm just going to kind of read through the first three because we have details on them so far, okay? So the first one, very quickly, February t- uh, 11th through 13th, that's, it's actually going to have the pre-releases from, from Neon Dynasty because it's the same thing from Friday to Sunday. That's in Philadelphia. So King of Prussia, everybody who's like yeah, been missing. It's Casino. so funny that we talk about how shitty that location is, but everybody's just like jonesing to go back and pay $7 <laughs> for a donut and a coffee at that overpriced Dunkin' Donuts on the second floor. Um, or to be in the basement with no internet connection. Yep. Uh, but this will have <laughs> this will have Kamigawa Neon Dynasty pre-releases. It'll have a modern 10K on Saturday, a legacy 10K on Sunday. Really good place to put this one, by the way. If you're, if you're going to do one of these, really like the location yeah. of pulling this in Philly. Everybody can train in from like the huge legacy scene on the East Coast. And uh, something that's been put into every one of them so far, there's been a fourth line that's been put in this. That I think everybody should take a, a little thought of. And it's, there's going to be a flesh and blood main event at all these. I have more information to be announced. So I've had my eye on that. Um, myself and Brian Basoko have already talked about flying to Philadelphia to play whatever it is. We don't we don't care. We're just going to pull. We're just going <laughs> to play in it. You know, kind of thing. Um, about a month after that one, this SCG Con Indianapolis. That's March 18th through 20th. It's going to be the. Uh, this is the one that I'm a little more interested in, and you're going to you're going to see why. And we've we've had Brennan message us about this. This is a team constructed format for twenty five thousand dollars on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, the team formats are to be announced. Also, uh, there's going to be a five k on Sunday. Uh, I'm sorry, there's going to be two five k's on Sunday, and those are to be announced as well. So that's actually really cool. So you're going to have. Saturday, you're going to have, like, the main event, which is, like, the, the team event. And then if you wash out, you're going to have two different events that you can play in the next day that are, like, decently sized. So that'll be pretty cool. And, again, a flesh and blood main event. And then uh, this has been one East Coast, you know, one Midwest. And uh, they're going to get the other part of the country because no one ever wants to go to the West Coast anymore. Uh, besides a different company. And that's SCG Con Dallas. And that's going to be April 8th through 10th. Um, that's going to have a – I want to make sure I get this one right. So everyone hears the number. This one has a modern event on Saturday and Sunday. That's a 30K. A 30K, Ross. It's a lot of Ks. Yeah. And then it's got a modern 10K on Sunday. So uh, Dallas, you're known for showing up for modern events. Show up some more. I have a feeling this one's going to be big. This one's going to have over 1,000 oh, yeah. players in it. This one's going to be like a... I think, I think they're all going to be big. I think this one's going to be a lot like Vegas. To get, back, get back to events. Mm-hmm. And they've picked you know, three of their best performing locations historically when they were doing the SCG tour, like, you know, Philly, Indian, and Dallas, those are cities that they would go to twice a year. Uh, so, you know, no surprise for those three to be the ones that, that SCG chose as ones they want to return, Very, you know, the, some of their best cities. Uh, I particularly like Indian Dallas. Not a big fan of the Valley Forge Casino, as many <laughs> yeah. are. Um, I actually already have a team for Indy that was made without any consultation of me. 
I just, I didn't check Facebook that day and I checked it that night and there was just a whole thread that got started and it was just like, okay, Ross, you're teaming with these people. And I'm like, okay, that's news to so, me, but so I guess it? it is Todd Anderson and Harlan Fuhrer. Okay. So I was, I, real quick, just... It, Obviously, I don't care. That's fine. But what? What the fuck? Like, <laughs> like, and it literally happened without me. You're it's, just not I, allowed I, to I say no. Like, what if Brennan and I were like Ross? We're going. I mean, then I would tell them no. You tell them no because you're playing with us. Yeah, that's that's what I, that's what I was about to get to. I was about to be like, excuse yeah, me, that could still happen. Yeah, excuse me, but yeah. I'm just telling you what what sure. happened. The, you know, yesterday. Sure. They, you know, I got put on their team. Sure. That <laughs> no, no, it's, it's it's. I was just like, what the fuck, man? That's <laughs> what I say. You know, excuse my language, but uh, I do want to make, I think we're going to talk about this some more, but real quick, I think there's some housekeeping I need to say with this. Um, I'm, this I'm reading off the screen, so this isn't, I'm going to say I, this, this is Pete Hofing's words. Some of you may notice that I have made no mention to the SG Tour, and that is because the SG Tour remains an indefinite hiatus. These will fit, feature Magic the Gathering events of large prize pool, but none of them feature a larger organized play program. So that doesn't mean there's going to be an invitational or anything anytime soon. They haven't announced anything like that. So don't expect that. I'm not saying it's 0% to happen. Don't expect it. Uh, SCGCon's main event will include uh, Neon Dynasty pre-releases. They're saying they're super excited about that. And they're saying uh, you'll love to see some of the special events they have planned for February 11th through 13th. So probably some really cool stuff. It's pretty close to Valentine's Day, so maybe there'll be a fun little uh, two-headed giant thing you can do with your romantic partner, maybe. I don't know. It might be a little something fun there. And uh, masks will be mandatory and a proof of fully vaccinated against COVID-19 or a negative test within 72 hours of the event are going to be needed to enter the events, just so we're completely clear on all that. It's exactly like if you went to Vegas or anything like that. All of that is uh, going on. Uh, the next yeah, couple of weeks... I would like to see them require both. But... Yes, I... I think the requirements should be headier, but this is a step in the right direction. Let's we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more about that in like two seconds because I just want to say one more thing. More details are going to be coming up in the next couple of weeks. They, most of this is flushed out, but there's going to be more coming. You know, yeah, you know, formats for the five Ks for the, they wanted to get the for indie and, yeah they wanted to get the dates and times out for people so they can start booking flights. Yeah, uh, and I'm like I'm kind of surprised that the turnaround's pretty quick. I thought when we got an announcement of a return of SCG events in some capacity that it would be, you know, three, four months out. And they announced this, what, five weeks before the first event? Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that part was a little surprising to me, that the the time between the announcement and the first event is so short. We're almost, up, we're almost like, within a month of the first one yeah. in February. Like, you know, because, like, when I read this, I was like, oh, that's in the future. And then I started thinking about it. I'm like, dude, it's December 30th. Like, <laughs> like that's <laughs> not really that far in the future. Uh, so let's talk about this overall. Kind of, you know, you, you kind of started talking about that. Uh I'm super excited about this, right? You know, like, while this isn't the SCG Tour, I actually think this model, well, don't get me wrong. I love having, like, an organized play. I love having something to play towards, seeing player of the year races, you know, people trying to get spots for the invitational stuff. Well, I think that's fun to watch. It makes a really good narrative. I think at times it could be unhealthy and lead to unhealthy things for players. And I think this would be a much healthier, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? A much healthier relationship you can have with Magic with... If you want to travel these things all the time, I think once a month is way more feasible, affordable, and responsible for a lot of people. This also gives you time that if you go to these events and something does happen, like let's say there's a small outbreak within your friend group, um, 
I'm not trying to say this is what happened with the event, but you know, uh, the Roanoke guys had something, uh, I'm sorry, the Roanoke people had something right around the time of Vegas, and there was like a little hoopla with that. This gives you, you know, three to four weeks usually between every event to sort stuff out. Let's recover. Let's recover. Let's, you know, let's let's get everybody healthy. Let's keep everybody healthy. It's not like, you know, an event one week, an event the, the next week, an event the next week, and then someone's like, oh shit, I tested positive, like, or I was positive at this one, so now like everybody the event before and everybody the event after. You know what I mean? It just becomes this huge cloud yeah, it over. Becomes a shit show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I'll try not. I've already cussed so much this episode, but <laughs> I've got a lot of f bombs this episode. But um, so there's there's that. Um, these events sound great. There's a ton of money, and I just think this is the future of magic right now. Is huge conventions that are going to be fun, lots of cool things to be there. I have to assume, maybe not in Philadelphia since it's so early, but I have to assume there's going to be some, uh, what's the, what's the right word here? Like extracurricular stuff going on, you know, artists, fun stuff. The command zone is going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, all that stuff, will all that good stuff. Around, at least I expect. It. Yeah. More than, I mean like the 10 Ks, the 20 Ks, the 30, the, you know, there's two 10 Ks, a 25 K, a 30 K. All of these are going to be isolated events at the event. Right. But there's going to be other stuff for you to do while you're there. <clears throat> Not to mention, you know, hang out with your buddies, you know, responsibly have some fun um other things like that right and so it's not just an event where like you you go for that thing this weekend and this just makes sense to me because you know this is something that they can do they can make money off of it right obviously this gives them the opportunity to intake cards in the secondary market this is a big thing that's it's like the basis for the model of star city games let's be real this is where it started right you know it all came down to buying and selling cards Right. Yeah. So and that's what their business is. Right. So this gives you, this gives them. So like the thing that I always talked about with that, while, while it was a good business and why I was making money, like why Starter Games was making money, especially with the tour, is they were creating their own demand. Right. So like you had this big supply of Magic cards, and we're like, oh, by the way, we're running these tournaments where we're giving out cash. Do you need cards for the tournament? <laughs> oh, you have cards you don't want anymore. Sell them to us, and then we'll sell them to somebody else at a you know at a mark at a, yeah. at a profit. It's it's a really really good. Uh, you know, business model. Like you, there's not many businesses in the world that sell a product that can create its own demand. Like that's just not yeah. how supply and demand works. You know, it's a, a unique position to be right. In. And so this is a way for them to do that with the minimal amount of um, what's with the minimal amount of input from them, like the minimal amount of commitment. Right? They're like, we're committing to to running this event, running this tournament with this cash prize. Which let's be real, they're going to blow this cash prize out of the water. When it comes to stuff, but you know, it's the bare bones, right? Like they don't have like this overarching thing. They're not investing a lot of money down the road at like an invitational or a players championship. They're also, this has not been confirmed, but I have to believe there's no coverage of these. Oh yeah. I, I would assume there isn't. There's no coverage of any of this stuff. And I, I'm going to say the quote again. People want coverage to exist more than they actually want to watch coverage. You know, we'll see a lot of bitching about yeah. this, especially on Twitter. It's they want the be- option to watch coverage. <laughs> and I'm I'm one of those people, right? Like, I, I love watching good magic. I love watching flesh and blood. I like being a part of it. It's my job. You know, I, I enjoy this. But I want people at home to realize how expensive it is to do this. And I don't even know the half of it. But it is so expensive to pull the stuff off. And if there's no organized play attached to this, there's no players championship, there's like nothing that it's moving towards. These are all just isolated incidents. It makes sense to not do coverage for these. In fact, if I was involved in the company 
and they were like, yeah, should we do coverage of this? I would immediately say no. Like the businessman in me, like, don't get me wrong. The magic player in me, the commentator or the coverage person would be like, yeah, obviously like we do, it's just an obvious thing you do. I would just say no. I think, I think it's a net negative overall. I think you'd lose a lot of money. Uh, I mean, financially, it probably is. Yeah, what's the yeah. mean? We will never financially recover from this. You know? Yeah, um, you know, with the numbers that they they've been getting, you know, maybe they get you know ten thousand viewers or something. Um, you know, it's it's definitely a it's expensive, and they've got to bring you know uh, a bunch of uh, you know a bunch of crew and equipment, and uh, you know, fly out the casters and all all that stuff. So yeah, I'm you know. As disappointing as it is to say, like I, I, I never even thought there there would be coverage. So I didn't even think to like you know look in for specific language in the announcement that would suggest it or not. But I, I think they would have just, just said it. acting under that assumption. I think they would have yeah. said if there was, you know, like I think and, and, no know. news means nothing. And like yeah. just like a little thing, and this this is not a direct quote or anything, but like, do do you know how much like just the internet itself costs for a weekend of doing that kind of stuff? I don't, but I imagine it's, it's like it's like ten thousand dollars. Jesus, it's so expensive to have good internet for that stuff, and then even then, half the time it it like shits on you anyway. You know, especially like I, I don't know how they pulled events at the Valley Forge Casino. Like they must have literally gone and found the internet and got the and brought <laughs> the brought the wire directly into the like into the basement because like. No one, and I mean no one, had signal down there. It was it was literally a black hole for for internet yeah. service. It's one of the, it's one of the worst parts about it. Yeah, I mean one of. <laughs> yeah, because it it became difficult to use the pairings website. Yep. So then you'd have to go up to the boards like it was yep. 1987 again. <laughs> and I thought you could say uh, 1984 because that'd have been like you know kind of more pointy. Yeah. But anyway, go ahead. But uh, the so yeah, it's definitely one of the most annoying things about about the location. So. Uh, yeah, I imagine very expensive for them to get any sort of coverage done. Um, so unfortunate mm-hmm. because I, you know, really enjoy there being coverage. I like rewatching my matches afterwards. Same. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think that's a there's, thing that's, that's coming back. I will say this is a side tangent. There's, there's one or two matches of my own that I can't watch because like <laughs> I know the outcome or like I know when I make like a big mistake in it, it just gives me anxiety when I watch it because like I can't change that and I can't learn anything more from it. I just like messed up, you know, just brain farted, whatever you want to call it. You know, For, fortunately I don't have any embarrassing matches in my career. Yep, none, not a single one. None, none caught on camera yep, at no, all. Not a single one. I, I've cheated on camera, like not on purpose, obviously, but like, I, I'll say this. I remember, um, Patrick Sullivan came up to me and talked to me right after the match about that when it happened. And he's like, Hey, you played an extra land. And I was like, wait, what? Like, I didn't even know yet. And he's like, yeah, you like, you played an extra land. And, uh, he, and like, we talked about it after because like immediately I was like, hold on, I got to go fix this. So I, I think I played against cat light that round. And, uh, yep. I didn't think it affected the match. I think she was like infinitely dead when it happened. But I was like, if you feel like I, I had already talked to the head judge because they were made aware of it. And I was like, if you feel like it affected the round, I'm willing to concede to you. Cause like, I won the round. I was like, I'm willing to, to change the outcome of the round. The head judge was okay with it. And she was like, she laughed at me. She was like, absolutely not. <laughs> You know, because it was like it was the difference between I think thirteen and fifteen mana, or fifteen and seventeen mana, <laughs> and she had no non-land permanents in play, and I had like I had like a ballista and like something yeah. else. It was like a That's, very uh, the, the game was over, over. But like, yeah, you're you're just trying to get the game. I, yeah, over. I was just playing too fast. And also, if if you if you watch that game, you can tell that she and I are having a very good time in the match because we were just like shooting the shit the entire time because we we're very good friends in person. And stuff so like we were having a really really good time with it etc so um i was actually having a rough weekend and she was like trying to make me feel better and stuff it was you know a good shout out to her she was being a very good friend that weekend kind of stuff but um 
where was it going with this? I don't even remember. Oh, I don't know. Just watching, you were just going. Yeah, just watching coverage and stuff. So I'll, I'll admit, I you know, there's been a little bit of Magic coverage, uh, you know, brought up by like Energy. They have a couple events coming up as well. They were the first company to really step up and start doing this again. They have an actual like OP, you know, organized play. I don't know if y'all just heard Benny. She just howled. She doesn't do that very often. And um, she's gaming in Awu, you know, or whatever they're called. Awu. You know, kind of thing, but uh, werewolves of London. I think she, I think there's somebody by the door. She's she's barking, so uh, she's doing her guard dog duties. But yeah, so like if you need that part that itch scratched, you know there there are some options for you out there. And uh, <clears throat> I don't have much info- inside information. I have a tiny bit, but I don't know much either. I'm kind of in the shoes that Ross was in, where there's going to be some stuff with that with flesh and blood this year, and we'll see what happens. And if I'm a part of it, I'm actually looking forward to. Doing that, I'm not super looking forward to the travel part of it. I have to for some of that, but I'm hoping there's some cool exotic locations maybe uh, for them, even though there is one location that I think is possible that we get that I don't want to do for for reasons where like I think Hawaii makes a lot of sense, and I'm just hoping we don't do Hawaii or whatever. So, um, yeah, you know, for, for if you need to understand why, just Google it. But, um, yeah, but anyway, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that kind of stuff. So, as crazy as the world is right now, this year is almost looking kind of normal for me coming up. Like yeah. I have magic tournaments I could play in if I want to. And then I've got like this job of like traveling and doing coverage and stuff coming up. So uh, optimism? Yeah. Question mark? Yeah. It's just got to hope that the, the pandemic situation improves. It's not. <laughs> like it's, yeah. a, it's, it's, a big, it's a big hope. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe good things can happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe we could have nice things. Ross. Yeah. <laughs> how foolish! Maybe. How foolish of you! Just maybe. So uh, there, there is something I wanted to ask you, and this is a cool thing. What do you think the format for Indianapolis is going to be for the team event? Um, I would assume modern, pioneer, and standard, but they might just do triple modern. I think there's a chance it's triple modern. I think it's, I think that is actually my pick is triple modern. If they do the three different team things, obviously modern. I think it's possible they do pioneer because there was like a pioneer vote thingy going on on Twitter. Yeah, an informal poll. Which, by the way, wireless. for paper events, if we start having paper events. Pioneer is like one of the most ideal formats right now. It's the cheapest non-rotating format, and it's one of the only ones that like actually doesn't rotate. Like standard yeah. sets, like now affect pioneer, and that's pretty much it because standard doesn't really exist. And then modern rotates every two years with modern horizons you know when modern horizons 3 comes out we're gonna possibly you know we're gonna get some really good white one drop or something you know or whatever or some really good black one drop and, and stuff will, and stuff will change you know we'll see you know and you don't have that kind of thing they may i mean like have you seen what energy does for their team events right now um they're modern pioneer legacy they're right? modern legacy oh. and limited oh yeah they did limited they do a sealed yeah. and then if you make the top eight you uh they draft before the top eight which I think is pretty yeah, cool. I, I can't imagine SCG doing that. The logistics of it. Their events are yeah. a little bit smaller. If you're going to an event where you're expecting like thousands of players, you're expecting 300 and something teams, that's a logistical nightmare. You know, going with, you know, it's a little different when you have like 100 and something teams versus 350 teams or whatever, that kind of thing. So seeing what formats they do, I, I think, I mean, obviously be, I, I think doing legacy sets up a barrier for entry that I don't think you want to do, especially one of your first big events back. I think doing a third constructed format also can do that, where if you do like standard pioneer modern, it's like, 
Well, we have to find someone that has a Pioneer deck that wants to play Pioneer. We have to find someone that has standard cards that wants to play standard. So all of it makes sense to me. Just do triple modern. Yeah. Like, the more I talk about it, the more I, I, you know, I'm like, it's, it seems like the obvious answer to me. It's definitely the, the easiest answer, mm-hmm. I think, from the, the organizational standpoint of the tournament. Um, but, yeah, so I, I, and I think that's a, a pretty strong option. I, I, would, I would expect either standard Pioneer Modern or Triple Modern. Yeah, I think so too. And then if they do the triple modern, do you do unified? Do you do non-unified? Do you just do Wild West? Non, non, non-unified. Yeah, for sure. That's how that's how SCG likes doing things. It's non-unified. So you just you have three because in the same it, deck, yeah. Yeah, it's a, and that's fun. Like mm-hmm. that's that's a fun narrative. It's like yeah, team burn. Let's go. You know, we actually did this. We played an event. It was you, myself, and uh, Jim Davis, Jim and we Davis. played the same seventy-five. Yeah. And that was actually kind of fun and cool because, like, you know, you just look over and you're like, well, they're playing the exact same game I am. I can help out, you know. But if, like, you're over here playing, you know, whatever mid-range blue deck you want to play and I'm playing, like, Tron, you look over and you're like, well, I mean, like, I understand kind of, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> But I'll let you do your yeah, thing. Yeah, but I'll let you do your thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I, d- I did have to catch Jim who was trying to use his Aria Flame to kill his opponent's creatures. No, no, no. So, I was like, Jim, you don't get to do that. Th- that's <laughs> my favorite is, like, you were sitting in the middle. Uh, Jim was on, like, the your right, and I was right, on your right. left. And I think I was, like, finishing up my match, and I was, like, watching yours. And Jim's like, hey, I need help. And, like, we both kind of look over, and he goes, he goes, all right, so I've already cast, like, you know, I've got, like, th- two or three counters on the Aria. And he's like, I, I just killed, th- you know, he's playing against humans. He's like, I just killed this thing. He's like, should I kill this one or this one or the next one? We both just go, what? And he's like, he's like, <laughs> What? And his opponent's just like, yeah, man, this thing's beating my ass. We're like, Jim, the card doesn't work like that. <laughs> He's like, what? He just does the, everyone knows that look, the oh shit look, and he immediately grabs the card and starts reading it. The opponent's like, like wait, what? Because like, no, that's the worst part of the, no one knew what was going on in that game. No. And so we're both just like, uh, that's. Maybe you play your card as it's written yeah. <laughs> instead of just making things up. Yeah. So, I mean, we've had some funny, great moments. And, for anyone who's like looking for a specific one of these to go and you're not sure which one to go to, obviously the one that's closest to you is probably your best idea. If you can avoid flying, that's also uh, you know, a better way to travel right now, though like there's no perfect way to do this. Team events are great. Highly recommend them. If you've got friends that you can go and play, Indianapolis, you're anything like I'm highly considering going and just 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 to go. You know what I mean? Like We'll see. March might be a, a busy month for me. I think that's going to be like the first month where flesh and blood stuff happens. So we'll see. Um, and stuff when we get there, uh, it would be interesting to go to these and see if I get recognized for flesh and blood at all, or if it's just if it's just for magic or whatever. But uh, it sh- should be fun. But overall, I, I like seeing this get announced. Seeing some cool sets coming out this year. Like I, I'm actually excited for Kamigawa. Believe it or not, there's some some good nostalgia there for me that we haven't tapped yet. Because it's the first time we're returning to this plane, I'm a little optimistic about this year. Like more, way more so than I was at this time last year. Where last year yeah, we were like definitely. everything's de- everything's dead, nothing's happening. <laughs> like nothing's gonna happen this year. If there's a paper magic event, I'd be surprised. Now we're like talking about there's there's an option for you every month. You might even have if you live in the Midwest right now, you're doing cartwheels. There's multiple options for you. Yeah, I haven't checked the dates to see if there's overlap on any of this stuff because I'd be pretty pissed if I was energy and put up my schedule and then like SG's like, well, we're like down the street the same weekend. I'd be like, come on guys. <laughs> like, come on, throw me a bone here. Like let's, let's work together. You know, kind of thing. There's only like yeah. one of these in the country. I would expect that they won't compete against each other. Yeah, of course. 
if it's if it's possible i mean sometimes like you know like well we need to do one in indianapolis like well this is the only weekend we can really make this happen kind of thing you know stuff happens obviously but stuff does happen but so are you as optimistic as i am for 2022 maybe a little bit less so but definitely i think you're right in saying that it's we have more reasons for optimism than we did at this time last year so we've improved that's good yeah I'll say that there is improvement. It's more, it's like we can we can point to it. It is marketable. It is it is pointable. <clears throat> so is it is it one over your cold dead heart? Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little excited. Are you are you actually like actively going to go to some of these things? I currently have plans to go to Indy. I don't think I'm going to go to Philly. Isn't that one like relatively easy for you to get to? It's the it's the closest one of the three. Yeah. But I also have no. Uh, compunction to play Legacy, so I'd just be going for the Saturday event, and that's what kind of sours me. And I also don't like the menu. I would say so. Th- uh, there's Neon Destiny. D- I'm sorry, di- I say Destiny. Neon Dynasty pre-releases, and there's a Flesh oof. and Blood event. Ross, you like some Flesh and Blood? I know. I'm sorry. I, I couldn't keep a straight face even when I was saying it. Or, or. I could not do that. <laughs> uh, will you consider Dallas? I yeah, Dallas is up in the air. I'm not going to make a decision on that. I mean, that's right a now. big prize pool. Mm, yeah. Uh, but it would require a flight. Yep. Um, and w- so I'm going to see, you know, how th- the COVID numbers change in the next month or two. Yeah, because this is in April, so you've got a little while. Yeah, I can book the ticket in February. And also, as long as I'm not busy that weekend, like, there's always the chance that you get to see me. Because that one's one of the only ones I could ever drive to. If I want to drive, I might still fly. Because it's such it's such an easy flight. But, though, flying oh. sucks right now, so. Yeah. So, well, that one is sort of a check back in in two months or so. Yeah, for for me, it comes down to, like, I'm going to want to do these, right? I got to see how busy I am. If if I'm doing, a, you know, a decent bit of these, like, flesh and blood things in person, it's like, I'll say this, I get excited for it. And then as soon as I get into an airport, I'm like, I don't want to do this again. Like, I don't want to actually. Yeah, airports fucking suck. Yeah, and so, like, when I'm traveling or whatever, like, I'm not going to want to keep doing it. Like, I'm not going to want to do it every weekend because... You know, you've you've talked to me when I'm done with these events. I come home and I don't leave my house for a week. You know, I make sure I'm okay. You know, see if I have any symptoms. I don't do anything. You know, I, I go walk around my neighborhood. That's about it. But I don't go into public if I don't have to. You know, kind of stuff. So like, I try to be as, as safe as possible for myself and others. You know, so and that's the thing at home. If you're listening, be excited about this responsibly. It's like we need we need the catchphrase for this. That's like for the beer commercials where it's like drink responsibly. It's like gather responsibly gather responsibly <laughs> gather responsibly like use the you know gather yeah. you know magic the gathering gather responsibly let's let's do that we can make that a hashtag gather responsibly for these events so and like i said i, I kind of wish they went the the one step further with uh who can get in and out of the door i don't think that's gonna happen yeah i i would be surprised if they went further than negative test or vax mm-hmm. would, but if they do both i would be uh <laughs> I would feel much better about it. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but there's a good chance I'll be at least one of these. We'll see through the, through the year. I mean, like, I don't, I'm not sure I'm not going to commit to one of these, these three, but there's a, there's a chance I get, uh, you know, a wild, a wild feeling. And if so, anyone here goes to Philly, Philly flights from new Orleans are like dirt cheap for us. You know, I can get one for like very cheap. So I might just be like, all right, let's just go. I got a good friend that lives in the area that I haven't seen in years that would like, you know, come and play and hang out and stuff. So we could like do that kind of stuff too. So anybody at home that's listening to this, you want to do it on Twitter or in discord, which one of these are you excited about? You know, like, are you, are y'all, are y'all going to go to any of these? You know, what are you doing? 
What are you playing? Are you going just to go and hang out? Maybe sell some magic cards, play in the command zone? Are you going specifically to play in the main event? Like, what's this going to look like for you? I want to hear that. Are you excited about playing paper magic in 2022? Something that you might not have really done, especially to this scale, in a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. And I, I suspect that these will be large events. I think the attendance on these are going to be very, very big. Yeah. Like, Everyone's I, I talked about Vegas, and, like, it's hard to compare things to Vegas because it's such a destination type thing. You know, he's like, oh, look, it's, it's Vegas. We'll just go. Um, I, I thought there was 3,000 people in the venue at certain parts. I thought it was, like, as big as, like, some of the bigger Grand Prix type thing. And, you know, the events capped. Yeah. You know, there's a ton of people playing, but I think there's just so many people not playing in the events because if you weren't there, you didn't understand the scope of how many people there were. And just everything was full. Like, there's just so many people. And this what's, you know, stuff's kind of spaced out, too. So, lots of stuff to go on there. Um, I think that's about it for what we've got to cover this week. Did you have anything else you kind of wanted to talk about? No, I think we can move into some, some mailbag and overrated, underrated. All right, let's see if we had some mailbag. Let me check that real quick. Um, it doesn't look like we do. We can go ahead and get a, a little bit of overrated, underrated. We are very far behind on this. Um... So I might just, you know, s- skip a few. We'll do a few really quickly. All right. Uh, Reisler OX says pumpkin. I think pumpkin's actually underrated. Yeah, pumpkin itself, underrated. Yeah. It gets so associated with pumpkin spice, spice yeah. that the actual pumpkin itself, mm-hmm. underrated. Yeah, it's really funny. Uh, someone, a couple a couple things from here said dune. We'll get to that in a minute, but it's just funny right after pumpkin and spice and dune. Uh, but yeah, uh, I like pumpkin a lot when it comes to certain things. We also keep it as uh, a treat for our dog. Anytime she has any kind of stomach thing, you give them a pumpkin treat and it like settles their stomach. For some reason, someone said ostriches. Um... I'm going to say overrated. I'm also going to say overrated because they're fucking terrifying. Yeah, but they're not as cool as emus. Yeah. Uh, Joe, (laughs) it took me like half a second when you said that. Joe, Mr. English says gravy. Uh, Gravy underrated. Uh, Brown gravy as a whole overrated. Good gravy underrated. White gravy massively underrated with biscuits. Yeah. Oh, biscuits and gravy is I so kind of want some of that now. I have a really good place like across the street from where I live. It's just like, you know, it's just called Frank's. It's like a breakfast place like that. Places that are called like a person's name for breakfast are like yeah. 100% to be gas. All right. Always one syllable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Fuzzy Dan says Dune. Um, this is, so this was the 23rd of, uh, I think it's, November, yeah, October. So this might have been like kind of when the, the movie was, you know, coming out and being pressed. I, I know nothing about Dune. So uh, Dune itself, I'm severely underrated. Absolute work of art. Uh, all the movie adaptations are fine. The newest one is very pretty. The book itself is a literal masterpiece. And then don't read anymore. Just stop after that one. They're all real <laughs> fucking weird and crazy. But Dune is really, really underrated. Uh, Timothy Chalamet says Leo the, Ma- the Magic Man is one of the main actors from Dune and some other stuff. Yeah, um, I'm not sure if I've seen him in anything. I've seen him in a few things underrated. I think the kid is very, very talented. Uh, to says Daniel Day-Lewis. Um, honestly, I-, I think a little overrated. I, you know, he's yeah. one of the finest actors of his generation, but like, he- I don't think he's that much better than everyone else. I think he's pretty properly rated. <laughs> Yeah, maybe properly rated. That's, yeah, that's yeah, definitely. He can't be underrated anymore. Like, he's at this point. Great. Yeah, he's too good yeah. to be underrated. Yeah. Uh, Flackle says John Leguizamo. Uh, 
underrated. I like John. Leguizamo. I think I think a lot of his like last ten to fifteen years of work extremely underrated because like when he was younger, he was definitely kind of like a one of the joke actors. You know, he was always in like whatever role he could get. He always was in like all the crazy movies, you know, the weirdo movies. But like towards the end of his career, I think he's like been more selective and getting roles that are like really good, etc. You know what I mean? Uh, Tim Hanks says resolving shark typhoon. Um, well, chat in every stream yep. roots for hardcast shark typhoon every game. So I'm going to say actually overrated. I'm going to say underrated because it's great. If you've never done it, it's amazing. It's the best way to lose a game of magic. But you could have won <laughs> by just cycling the card. Uh, <laughs> I knew you'd like that one. Uh, Brent Wagner, our lovely editor, says NHL goal horns. Um, everything about ice hockey is overrated. Uh, it's just celebrations for stuff like that in general, I think are fine up to a point and then overrated because it gets pretty ridiculous. Though I will say this during like the playoffs when you're like super hyped and stuff, massively underrated. I can't, I can't get enough of it put directly into my veins. All the, all the <laughs> crazy, you know, whatever stuff. Um, Yeoman five says umpires. I think this is directly at me. They're the most massively overrated thing ever. They're horrible. <laughs> so. if, if the refs didn't want me to yell at them, they should have been better at their job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cathal says spicy food. I'm interested to hear your take Un- on this. Underrated. Is are you just going to say underrated? You got yeah. I'm going to say overrated, not because I don't like it. I actually do like spicy food a little bit. A, it kind of destroys me now so i just like can't actually have it too much and then i don't like spice for the sake of spice when it comes to hot like i wanted to like add to the taste add to the flavor there's some stuff that you're just like this is just painful like why like what you can definitely go overboard yeah i think people get what i'm trying to say it's like spice for the sake of spice uh kyle says chili underrated chili is great i think it's underrated too i don't know this one but brunswick stew um, I have heard of this, but I'm not entirely sure what it is. All right, I'll let you Google it while uh, we get uh, the next one, because I think you're actually going to want to answer this one, or do you have it Googled already? I see you type in. Uh, yeah, it's a classic Southern dish filled with smoked pork, veggies, and a savory barbecue broth. Hold on, classic Southern dish? A fucking call. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, are we talking Southern as in, like, you know, Mason Dixon line Southern, or... So it's basically like barbecue chili. Oh, see, yeah, I've had this. I didn't know it was Brunswick stew yet. Yeah, this stuff's fine, but like, this isn't something that like we don't make this here. Like, this isn't this isn't a common thing where I live. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're like Louisiana is a special kind of yeah. Southern. It's not it's yeah. very much its own. thing. Like when people say the South, they mean like they mean like the middle of the United States. Yeah, they mean like Alabama, and Mississippi, <laughs> yeah, All right. Georgia. Uh, here's a good one for you. WC Powers says manicotti. Um. Manicotti is underrated. You think so? Uh, yeah, and you know it's not a very well-known stuffed pasta, mm. and I think it compares pretty favorably with lasagna. I'm gonna go with underrated as well because I do like stuffed pasta. I like you know uh, Chicago deep style pizza. I like the just give me a heart attack. What I'm eating it. Like, I want to feel <laughs> my veins clogging. Just put a pound of cheese on everything. Well, yeah, it's like. You know, I have to I have to have dedication to eat this anyway because I have to take something before I can even eat it. So <laughs> if, if I'm doing it, we're going it we're going hard. You know what I mean? Yeah, like full bore. Yeah. Uh, Chase says Dwight Howard. Uh, he is underrated at this point. I think he's spent so much of the back end of his career as a backup and like bench player that people forget how fucking good he was in his prime in Orlando. 
you know, he was generally viewed as uh, like a top five player in the league and an MVP candidate. Basically, like, you know, took a pretty thin roster to the NBA Finals in 2009. Yeah. Though that team got bolstered by playing a very modern style well ahead of their time. You know, they, they were playing a four-out offense with a bunch of shooters taking a lot of threes, you know, with Richard Lewis at the four and, and Ada Turkoglu and, and um, Petrus and uh, Jameer Nelson as the point guard. So, uh, but really, like, their offense was predicated on Dwight pr- pressuring the rim and sucking in the defense. Honestly, like, they that team is very similar to the current Utah Jazz. Oh, okay. Um, I get it. Uh, you know, built around Rudy Gobert, so uh, underrated for Dwight. I'm also going to go with underrated, but with the caveat that I don't like him. So anyway, uh, for those who have heart, a good personal friend of mine, I love this one. He said, going to the World Series. <laughs> I'm going to say, even though I've never been, underrated. This is this is the guy that I actually went to the World Series with. This is who I went yeah. to a game with. Uh, <laughs> extremely underrated. We saw an awful game for us to see, and it was still a highlight of like my sports-going life. And I've been to some great games. I've been to some great playoff games. Like, I didn't go to the Super Bowl when the Saints made the Super Bowl in 2009, 2010, whenever the year we won. I think it was 2010. Um, oh, 09. 09. Yeah, it was, it was 09, 010, right? Or whatever. I don't know. Whatever. Like I said, time is a contract now completely to me. It doesn't actually exist. Um, whenever we beat Indianapolis or whatever. But, uh, you know, if it was nowadays, I would have gone. But the seats were like, you know, 5K or something like that or whatever. But uh, it was... You know, I went to every playoff game, almost every game that you're at home besides that. So it was great. Uh, I got to go through two national championships. I was at LSU, you know, getting to see almost every game. Those were amazing. But I don't know if I've ever had dedication to like a team like I have the Atlanta Braves over the last 20 years. And going through, you know, I use the word we a lot and us when I'm talking about it. Which, by the way, people who give you flack for saying we or us when you're talking about your sports team... They can go fuck themselves, but anyway, because um, part of the part of a team's identity is its fans and the community that it fosters around it and stuff. So, um, it meant the absolute world to me to see like, you know, the the team. Yeah, I try not to go down a, a diatribe about it, but like I still remember very vividly. You know, my best friend Jake, who lives here. Um, Every year when the season's over, you know, we have like, you know, we just chat and we would chat about like, you know, he's a big Braves fan too and a big baseball fan. He's like, what do you think we need to do for next year? And I'd be like, oh, we need to improve the bullpen or, you know, we need to do this. We need to do that. And we just come off of, I think, like three or four playoff appearances in a row, but we hadn't won a playoff series. And our team was still very talented. A lot of all this, pretty much all the pieces were coming back. He's like, what do you think we need to add next year to like make a difference? And I was like, I still remember saying, you know what I hope they do? And he goes, what? I goes like, I hope they blow it up. He's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, I don't think this team can win. Like, they're good enough to win a lot of games in the regular season. I don't think this team can win playoff games. Like, the way it's built, I don't like the way this team's built. Also, we had a lot of people's contracts about to, you know, come up. And a lot of really young, good talent had come up. So it was like, like, we can't afford all this. And the worst thing that you can do, you've seen a lot of sports franchises do this, is to hold on to, like, one or two pieces of it, overpay for those pieces. The other ones will leave. And then you're just, like, mediocre for a long time. And I was like, don't give me mediocre, trade everything, acquire acquire as much as you can, and go from there. And they did exactly that. They kept one piece. They kept Freddie Freeman, the right piece to keep, apparently. They just <laughs> they just nailed it. The guy won an MVP and like led us to a World Series. Resigned Freddie, by the way. And uh, yeah, it was just absolutely great to watch from then that full arc of like three to four seasons of just being awful. I mean, so bad. 
you know, you're, you're fielding a triple A team, you know, and then all of it working out this year, especially when, I mean, if people listen to every episode and they heard me talk about it, when Akuna blew his knee out, you know, our best player, I mean, I was, I was ready for the season to be over. And then they were just a completely different team. They were the the best team in the majors for the second half, you know, that, and you know, when you're a fan of a team that, you know, you know, that whole narrative, you know, you've been watching the story unfold from the beginning, you know, uh, so it really is um, yeah. the, among the most gratifying experiences. I think it's a really good way to put it. Like, um, I tried to explain to somebody, someone, they're like, yeah, how do you do that? How do you, like, watch so many baseball games? I'm like, are there any TV shows you like? They're like, yeah. And I'm like, like, what's your favorite TV show? You know, this, like, I'm just going to use an example, like Game of Thrones, right? Let's say Game of Thrones ended well, right? That's like an eight-year commitment of you watching all these episodes, like, giving into it. You know, you talk to your friends about it. It's the same damn thing. You know, it's it's my favorite TV show. It's a, it's a reality TV show that comes on a lot, but it's my it's my favorite show. Yeah. You know, and I can go watch them film an episode if I want. You know, and then like when they go to the championship, I get to go watch them film that episode. You know, if I want or whatever. So, uh, I I just I just really like it, man. You know. <laughs> uh, Gil says, and from this, the NBA 75th anniversary team. Uh, very overrated. You know. So, uh, they did a, a 50th anniversary team back in 97, right? right I, remember, I actually remember that, um, yeah. Yeah, and so when they announced that they were doing the 75th anniversary team with 75 players, they explicitly said, we're not just taking that, that 50 list and adding 25. This is going to be a whole new list. So they sent out ballots and like a bunch of people voted, and all 50 players from the original 50 list made it to the 75 list, which just doesn't make any sense. And the, so there were, there were some... There's probably like ten people on the list that really shouldn't be there, and it just wasn't really wasn't that well done. And they also like didn't make really a big hoopla about it. I think they're just gonna. I think yeah, they're doing something ba- for the All Star Game. You barely heard anything about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like a big. Well, it was like a big story for like a week right at the beginning of the season, and then it's just been nothing. So it was almost like the it, MPL. <laughs> so then, it, yeah, then it's just been nothing. So definitely overrated on that one uh tim hanks says selling your cards through buy lists um underrated yeah ease Mm, ease of use is pretty great yeah 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 Yeah. uh job says a twist the most overrated scent you can think of we're not gonna say pumpkin spice of any kind um vanilla I don't like the minty, like, holiday... You know what I'm talking about? That holiday, like, mint, yeah, like mint. I don't like peppermint. Like, I don't like the taste of peppermint or anything like that. So, like, the scent de- definitely doesn't jive well with me. Uh, yeah. I just don't... I don't like scents that smell really sweet. Like, you know, like, if you get, like, scented soap that's, like, fruit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I go... I try to stay away from stuff like yeah. that. But I agree the mint is also overrated. What's one that you do like, quickly? Um... Uh... Anything that's sort of herbal. See, I, I can see that. I kind of like the um, the more like earthy ones, the ones that make you feel like, even though I've never really done this because of where I've lived, but I feel like I'm uh, walking through snow in like a forest, like at night. Yeah, like pine. Yeah. That's I like pine scent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's funny when I think of pine, I just think of like cleaning because we don't actually have pine <laughs> here. You know, like that's not a yeah. smell that you can just go outside and find very well. Um. Joe also says those individual floss pick things. Probably underrated. Well, they're, they're underrated in some ways. I actually like them more than, like, rolling up floss because I actually don't yeah. like 
that, even though it's a better flossing, apparently, than the little picks. I think it's overrated the fact that it creates more waste. You know, it's a lot more plastic and stuff like that, which is annoying. True. But, I mean, whatever. WC Powers is the 73-9 and nine Warriors. Um, honestly, probably a little bit overrated. Um, you know, they get a lot of, of, of press, obviously, just, you know, for winning 73 games. But they, you know... Eh, honestly, probably properly rated. I think most people understand that like, even though that was the year that they won 73 games, that might have not have been the best team they fielded during the dynasty. That's a good point. That's a really good point. I'm going to go with, like, I was thinking I was going to say uh, underrated because of, like, how revolutionary it was, but that, like, wasn't the first time they did Because, like, I, I a thing that I make when I talk to people about it, like, let's say you're a baseball fan, you don't really get what the Warriors were doing and why it was important and what was going on. It's like, it was them and a couple other teams. They kind of did what, like, Moneyball did to baseball like they revolutionized the sport you know with the way the rules were and they realized that like mid-range jumpers are just bad like you just should not be taking mid-range jumpers unless you're kevin durant you know like you should be yeah. going for layups dunks and three-pointers because statistically and the way in the frequency that you make and miss these shots that's how you should be running an offense to be as optimal as possible one part that is underrated uh you know a lot of people talked about this this the reason 73 and 9 is important was that broke the record that had been held for what about thirty years, twenty something years by the Bulls being seventy two and ten as the the greatest record of all time? A lot of people talk about you know who's the best team of all time is that team better than the Bulls? It's a little underrated that there's a connection between those two teams. The fact that one of the players from that seventy two and ten Bulls was the coach of the seventy three and nine Warriors and Steve Kerr, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, just got to be a part of both of them, mm-hmm. and. Uh... Yeah, you know, any time you, you you know you put up a record like that, it took a lot of positive variance. Yeah, of I course. remember yeah. You know, during some of their win streaks, where like they, it just seemed like they couldn't lose. Yeah, like Steph would just go comebacks. off in like the yeah. fourth or something. Yeah, or Clay. Like I remember one of the games, Clay put up like sixty-five, or he literally did not miss for like ten minutes. Yeah, he put up like forty in one quarter or something like that. Yeah, like that, that team gets underrated in a couple aspects. Though, like that, you know, everybody talked about their shooting, but they really did put pressure on the rim and their defense. Like they're always an elite defensive team during the dynasty, and people tended to focus more on the offense. It's underrated how much Draymond meant to that team. I think. Yeah, it still does. Yeah, like they're a different yeah. team when he's on and off the court. Simek uh, says, and you can do this one however you want. Uh, all three together, however you want answers. French cuisine, Creole cuisine, and Cajun cuisine. Um. French overrated, the other two underrated. Hmm. Creole and Cajun, like you could just kind of put together, honestly. Like, yeah, they're they're similar, but it's really really good. Like, there's a reason New Orleans is one of the best food cities in the entire world. I think that's overrated, by the way. But anyway, uh, <laughs> maybe it's just because I'm a local. But yeah, I I like Creole and Cajun cuisine quite a bit because I like I like seafood. And that's in rice yeah. and stuff like that. So that's in like and you know stuff like that. So that's yeah, big good for gumbo me. Gumbo or jambalaya. Um, or... French cuisine overrated in America. It was pretty good when I was in France. But anyway, um, and obviously Chef Petro came in right after this one. He says same question, but for butter, butter and paprika, butter and cayenne. Both underrated. I think all are underrated except for I try to not cook with butter with the least I possibly can. You know, I try not to use butter when I when I can avoid it. But I have been on the biggest paprika kick lately like i actually have uh a food like i've prepped food for the last few days in my fridge right now and it's just slathered in paprika to use a word that goes better with butter but i mean it is you know it's it's pretty good so um swalby says one and done playoff formats big big not fan here um i let me say this i think it's okay 
in like the super deep playoff uh like you know like some of the basketball stuff like uh i, I know like all it's all one and done march madness but when they add the, like the extra team in but like when you're going from like eight teams make the playoffs to like oh these two other teams have to play like a one game playoff, i'm not super excited about it because of the way it's structured it almost was really bad this year in baseball because yeah i have not i have not yeah. liked those kinds of expanded and playoff I think they're structures yeah i think it's getting changed so, so we'll see yeah I'll, I'll go overrated i think overrated I mostly yeah um Kyle says, I, I'm not sure what to interpret this one. Kyle says, Canadian teams and American-focused sports. Because, like, they're Americanized. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're set in a, in Canada, but, like, the Blue Jays, like, it's not like they go get Canadian players. You know what I mean? Like, so. Yeah. Un- underrated? I think I mean, it's underrated. Canada's right yeah, there. Yeah. It's not, not hard to get there. I uh, I do feel bad that sometimes they get, they get like, they've, they've had some problems over the last few years. Stadiums aren't as great. You know, their fan bases are a little different because it's, like, you probably don't get as many big time local fans of baseball in Canada as you would in like, say, you know, New York, you know, kind of thing. So, um, they, they, they generally, the Toronto teams generally have pretty when, big fan bases when they're good. The Raptors yeah. definitely do. Yeah. It's, it's when they're good, but you know, you've had some sports franchises have to move and stuff out of there. Like, you know, the Expos. Yeah. The, the Grizzlies moved out of Vancouver. Yeah, the Expos, stuff like that. Cathal says milk. I think you know where my answer is going to be here underrated i love milk. i think it's massively overrated we were never meant to actually do this and i can't have it so uh yeah anyway uh was that sh- someone says was that cheyenne or cayenne i think there's a difference well maybe i can still make cheyenne but i can't make cayenne so uh <laughs> chef said it, apparently it was voice to text and it it messed up i i pronounced uh-huh. it correctly um all right one or two more uh Cathal says limes and lemons uh, underrated. I love citrus. Yeah, same. Um, I like it. So I don't like lemons. I do like lime, but I really like. There, I, there's so many dishes where if you just a, like a squeeze of citrus mm-hmm. over the top, really you um, know, makes everything come together. Very small amount for lemon for me, but that's mostly pastas. Lime though, very uh, more widespread, but definitely like um, Latin food with lime or beer. Yeah, I really like beer with lime because I actually like my alcohol with lime. Uh, Kevin says grapefruit. I'm gonna go with uh, slightly overrated. I'm not the underrated. Yeah, I like it more in liquid form. So, um, all right, uh, let's go ahead and stop this one here. I do want to mention our sponsor, um, Barrister and Man. It's a little bit after the holidays now, but you know, if you got a little bit of extra money in your pocket, you don't know what to get. Go ahead and check out barristerandman.com for any of your your needs along those lines. I'm gonna say the the code. It's MGG Rants for 15 percent off at. Uh, the checkout, but that code is going to change very, very soon. We're going to be getting a new one from MTG, um, from MTG Rants, from Barrister and Man. They told me the other day they, they, they got to give us a new code. So it's been found. New code, who dis? It's, it's been found by every website on the thing. So he's like, yeah, now people are using it like through Honey and stuff. You know, you know what Honey is, right? Sure. You know, like, yeah. And stuff. So he's like, we need a new code just to make sure, you know, we can like at least track who's coming from, you know, from us and from our podcast. So, so uh, if you're going to be doing it anytime soon, make sure you use the code MTG rants, but that will be changing very, very soon. So uh, I have to tune in to find out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I'll put it up on the Twitter and stuff as well. Ross, if you want to see more of you, hear more of you. Well, let's be real. People just want more Ross and his beard and his life and their life. Where would they go? Uh, first and best place is my Twitter account. I am at Ross Hunnids. Uh, you know, you can stay, uh, aware of all of my magic comings and goings. And it's also a good place to ask me questions. Then there's my written content for Star City Games. My columns go up every Tuesday. I did take this week off for the holiday. Um, but I will be back next week of the new year. 
And then there is Versus Live, the web show I co-host twice a week with Corey Baumeister. Again, we were off the last two weeks, actually, for the holiday, but we will be back next week at our usual time. Tuesdays and Thursdays, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. on the Star Sea Games Twitch channel, playing whatever's relevant for competitive magic. We have a good time with it. I suggest you try to catch us live because we take questions straight from the audience. Uh, but if you can't, you can find the VODs of those live broadcasts on the Star City Games YouTube channel. They usually go up the next day by about 5 p.m. Eastern time. And then finally, my stream, uh, not active right now. And as I keep saying, it'll come back eventually. So if you want to uh, throw me a follow there on Twitch and get notified when I do come back, I'm Ross underscore Miriam uh, there. Tan, if people want to hear more about the Atlanta Braves, where can they find you? <laughs> uh, they can find me on Twitter at the Tan and Grace. That's usually the best place to find everything from me. I do have a Twitch channel. It's Tan and Grace. Uh, I haven't been going live with it very much. Uh, haven't really been playing much Magic that I want to put on the channel. And then you can't really put Flesh and Blood up there, which has been you know dominating my free time a little bit more for my my gaming stuff. But if you did want to give me a follow there, I'm pretty frantic with that every now and then. You know, I get involved, but just follow me on Twitter. Um, as for that, I think that's going to be it for this week's episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for everybody who uh, came out, showed up, hung out, and uh, listened. But make sure you check out next week's episode if you want to hear some more uh, in-depth talks about specific cards because I have a feeling we're going to have a little bit of a, um, what's the right word here? Electric cards to talk about. Some some flashy <laughs> stuff. Some some uh, some neon cards, if, if, if you will, for us next week. So make sure you tune in for that. And thanks for listening, and we'll see you all next week. <laughs>